around here to speak basketball. It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. Hello, bonjour. Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball, Basketball Podcast. Podcast. I thought you were going to come in harder. Oh, yeah, um, I know. I thought I didn't want to overpower you. Fair. Um, fair I, am, I am the host, uh, Freddie Rivas. Um, who are you, sir? I'm producer Matt Duncan. And uh, uh, yeah, if, if people want to listen to this podcast, if they want to support us, if they want to, you know, help lift us through the 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 you know the pantheon of basketball <laughs> analysts and fans, how are they going to do that, Matt? Easiest ways to go to dunkspodcast.com. Put it in your browser, on your phone, or on your computer. We've got all the links there for you for iTunes and Stitcher and uh, Player FM and Spotify and whatever your favorite podcatcher is. You can uh, get us on there. And as well, you know, we are on YouTube. We are stuck on 19 subscribers. It is tough. Ouch. Yeah, we get to the $100,000 mark for uh, money if we get to 20. So if you guys could help us out, then we can maybe, you know, start uh, getting those toques made uh so you know <laughs> yeah we want you to feel like you're a part of it so, yeah, exactly. so just subscribe help us out a subscribe, bit comment. yeah no worries yeah exactly so um and you know if you listen to this episode it's a very special episode yeah and that uh um based on some some uh some i guess developments yeah. in uh in my life um we had to we had to strategize yeah. we had to adapt uh, j- just like our Raptors will this season. Yeah. Um, couple of hiccups. Uh, I, I guess first, first, first I'll preface what's going on. Um, and I know I do tell the story with Anthony Hall, but uh, I was lucky enough to go to just for laughs yeah. this year uh, right. with, with my show rap battles. That's why we were off um, last week. That's right. Yeah. Um, it was very, very fun. Uh, I, I played in a charity basketball game. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, team Canada versus uh, team world. And I tore my LCL. Oh, um, it was in the second quarter of the game. Uh, pretty embarrassing, but also, you know, what am I going to do, right? Uh, pretty hilarious. I did win an award. There was like an MVP of the game. And then they're also like, and, and straight up, this guy got injured. So let's all give him a cookbook. <laughs> and they gave me a cookbook and the whole, uh, the whole gymnasium cheered. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, so I was pretty on top of the world. You might say, did they bring um, like, did you, was there a doctor on site that looked at you or was that a just for nah, last gag actor? It was, it was a bit of a gag. <laughs> yeah. No, they basically a doctor came over. Um, I didn't realize he had a clown nose. Um, and I, there's no, you know, it, yeah, yes. It was the cop. Okay. It was, it was the, the cop. It was, it was the same guy. You know what I mean? And for some reason I thought because the injury was real that I wouldn't actually be getting gagged. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, sure enough. Uh, the tensor bandage was a fruit roll up <laughs> and you know, he kept, he basically like, he pulled out a dunkaroos oh. and then he did a whole bit around me getting injured and, and finished with like dunking one of those dunkaroos. Oh, um, just some solid references from our, uh, 
elementary school snack time. Very good. It was a good bit, but yeah. I was hurt, right? So um, that sucked. But <laughs> let, let me tell you something that, that is kind of unique. Sure. Uh, because, you know, uh, anyone who listens to this podcast knows that I'm not an insider, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but Matt, do you know who I met? Was it Mr. Blake Murphy? It was not Blake Murphy. I have met Blake Murphy. He's oh. awesome. Wasn't Blake no, Murphy? It was Blake Griffin. Oh, Blake Griffin. Oh, it was Blake Griffin. Yes, it was, it was a, it was oh, a famous God. basketball player. <laughs> oh, Not like an amazing Toronto uh, sports Oh, that's uh, hilarious. That's, the entire time Murphy. that you told me about Blake, the Blake Griffin thing, I was thinking of Blake Murphy. So when he was trat, you were talking about like how he's talking some smack a little bit. And I was like, no, that, yeah, oh, that's not this Blake. Is oh weird. my God, Matt. <laughs> this is kind of weird. <laughs> no, that, although, I mean, I'm sure uh, Blake Murphy must know all sorts of things. I, I don't oh know. Is there, God, he, oh, he, he, he covers the team. Um, <laughs> no, I met, I met Blake Griffin. Oh, I met the Kia, the Kia commercial guy. Yeah, the yeah, Super yeah. famous, yeah. you know, perhaps best dunker ever guy. Detroit Pistons superstar. Detroit Pistons. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Right. Um, uh, but, that's that's hilarious. That changes everything for me now. From what you've told me. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty. It was pretty funny. Uh, so so uh, my brother Miguel and me, we were both injured, and yeah. so I crutch over. Miguel's in a in a in his boot. We we're calling ourselves uh, the comedy duo, um, crutches and boot. Um, <laughs> which oh we thought God. was fun. Uh, you know, I can't tell that joke forever because I'm already off crutches. So <laughs> just thought I just thought I slipped that in there. But um, yeah, so we, we made our way over. And um, oddly enough, uh, we were chatting with uh, Neil Brennan uh, of, uh, of Dave Chappelle yeah. show fame. And he's like, I'll introduce you to Blake. I know Blake. And we're like, oh, okay, here we go. But, you know, there's a lot of comedians there. So it's a, it's a bit of a scenario where you're like, you know, you got to be cool about it. But... <laughs> Anyone who knows me knows I'm such a basketball maniac that it's like, it's, 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 you know, I, we were cool for a bit. I'll say that. Um, so we start talking to Blake. Um, he's, he's first of all, like, yo, you guys are, are brothers and you both got injured playing basketball. Like this is already kind of weird and funny, but he was really nice. Um, you know, uh, I told him I, I, uh, I was happy that he was with Dwayne Casey yeah. and he, uh, he mentioned that, uh, you know, he really likes Casey. Casey's awesome. Um, oh, but good. you know, he was throwing some stuff here and there. <laughs> he did say, he did say that there's only a few special coaches in the NBA and I, you know, I'm not, you know, the conversation was going fast. So I'm not sure if, uh, if Casey was included on that special list. He also said that, uh, that Nick Nurse had a Lamborghini this year. So <laughs> I think that that might have been implying that, uh, you know, Nick Nurse had a bit of an easy job. Um, oh, but again, you know, this is a private conversation. We're, we're, we're talking at 3 a.m. So I'm already breaking a bunch of rules. Oh, it's okay. But, uh, Did you tell him that you have a basketball podcast? I was right about to. Okay. Until um, my brother Miguel, he, uh, anyone who knows me gets very animated and, uh, <laughs> Miguel said something about like, don't you think like Lowry is the most like, like uh, something underrated, uh, something, something in the NBA and Blake, like before Blake could even answer, Blake kind of gave the face of like, well, let me think for a sec. And then like, right before he could answer, Miguel kind of like jumped on him and was just like, Lowry has the biggest heart in the whole league. (laughs) And so I think Blake at that point was like, okay, these guys are amped up. Oh my Um, God. Yeah. By the way, his brother Taylor Griffin's chilling like a, you know, couple seats away. And I, I felt bad for the guy because people kept being like, oh, where's Blake? And I'm like, man, I guess I forgot about Taylor. But Taylor was an awesome player. Oh, was he? Yeah, he's incredible. You, you know, him and Blake tore it up in college at Oklahoma. 
And uh, but anyhow, um, like right before Miguel started freaking out about Lowry, I, I did the thing. I was like, hey, you know, can we have a pick? And he was like, yeah, yeah, of course. But then as soon as Miguel started freaking out about uh, Kyle Lowry, Blake's like, all right, let's uh, let's take the pick. <laughs> he, 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 like, it wasn't full on like your Wayne Gretzky scenario, yeah. like I'm eating fries. Yeah. But he did be like, all right, <laughs> these guys are, are probably pretty drunk and yeah. they're screaming at me about <laughs> basketball. And I, I, I'm kind of just chilling out. So, but yeah. um, I guess he doesn't want to talk about the Raptors for that long. Listen, he would have he would have been on this pod if Miguel didn't mess that up. Oh my god! No, no, it's uh, it's good. Hey, we're passionate fans. Wow. What are we gonna okay. do? Right? I gotta get my Blakes in in order because yeah, I was like, it really actually took me down a notch thinking that it was Blake Murphy, and I was like, oh god, this guy's like a Raptors reporter, and he's talking shit about the team. Like, oh, this is rough. Matt. Yeah, I'm glad it wasn't. Jeez I'm glad it was Blake Griffin. I'm glad you cleared that up. Yeah, you know, like, okay, I'll also say this. It wasn't Blake Sheldon or Sheldon, whatever that guy is. Okay, it wasn't him. Okay? Wasn't it was either. Blake He's Griffin. In the country yeah, whoever the handsome boy yeah. is. Um, okay, so uh, I feel like we should preface people. Um, yeah. I, um, I'm doing this from my place. You're doing this from your place. Correct. Um, I'm rocking a condenser mic. Yeah, I think yeah. you are too. We are. Um, we had some technical difficulties. We so, did. Uh, in, in, in the uh, in the first call with Catherine, um, she's cutting in, she's cutting out. Um, she's auto-tuned. She's, yeah. She's, she's, she's pretty auto-tuned. <laughs> she's pretty robotic sounding, at least on my end. Yeah, um, I know, on both our ends. So, uh, <laughs> but the uh, the content is huge. So yeah. uh, I hope you do persevere. Um, with Ned, <laughs> who's our second caller, I mean, there was some echo before we started recording, and I thought things were going, going pretty well until, I mean... There's no other way to say this. Pavarotti <laughs> burst onto the scene. Um, out of yeah. nowhere, yeah. Matt thought he was muted. He just gets to the top of the mountain. He starts singing Ricola. Yeah. No, but but uh, but yeah, you were singing. That's the only way to say it, right? You were singing. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I thought I was on mute, and I started singing, and then uh, you guys both reacted immediately to it. And then I realized that something wasn't right. You can hear the whole thing. And it's funny because it took you a while to realize that we heard your singing. I was really I, shocked. I was like, yeah, honestly, I can't really describe how it felt, but it's like, it just put me into a wormhole. So, <laughs> well, I hope it felt good. And, and for all the folks who listen to this pod, you're in for a treat. Yeah. Yeah. This um, is the off season and this is the time for you, <laughs> you know, to get in the fun house and uh, start smashing into those mirrors. So. That's, and uh, uh, that's what and it's all about. Our last call was with uh, with was with uh, Anthony Hall, and I mean that one's pretty good. I thought it's pretty seamless. Yeah, yeah. We had a little issue at the beginning, just like uh, I guess a Facebook uh, rule where you can't just. I mean, that makes sense. You can't just call anybody. I mean that that could for for sick people that uh, prey on people. Uh, yeah. you know you don't you want sick freaks out. You there, sick yeah. freaks. You don't want them to be able to just call up anybody, uh, you know, cause you can search for anyone. So yeah, I get that. You got to add a friend and then you can call him. Okay, fine. Okay. Well, uh, God damn, I think we rocked this <laughs> intro, right? baby? I, it it um, would have been horrible if it was just you hearing both of us, but we can't hear each other. And then you're just relaying what we're saying back to each other. <laughs> I thought, I thought rough. that was going to be for a second. I was like, well, why not? I mean, the way it's going right now, why not? Let's fucking do it. Yeah. Anyway, but it, it went smooth. Everything's good. Uh, we're in the we're in the off season right now, and you know no one's uh, the Raptors are I don't know below the Atlanta uh, Falcons. 
Hawks. <laughs> Hawks. No, they're, they're they're not that bad. Like, no. but, but you know, people are low on them, so they're super low. It's That's not right. cool. We're, we're we're a positive pod though. We're yeah. gonna pump things yeah. up. You know, Serge is eating pizza pizza. Should he eat it? Shouldn't he? It's uh that's where we are in the summer right now. Yeah. Uh well, I mean, without further ado, let's get popping, right? Yeah, let's get popping. Catherine. Catherine. Niker. Okay, I'm here with uh Catherine Niker, my uh my super bud. Um she's a uh She's the biggest lover, I think, of Nick Nurse in the whole wide world, uh, way before the Arkells, way before, you know, Nick started getting famous for his piano skills and his box one. Um, the OG. Uh, what's up, buddy? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I uh, I, I busted my um, knee, but uh, other than that, I'm I'm doing pretty good. I saw you briefly in Montreal with a busted knee. Yeah, it was uh, uh, it was quite the ordeal. I could only imagine. But um, I'm I'm happy with this uh, with this weird new setup. Me and Matt have. I'm I'm talking to you through a condenser mic, <laughs> and uh, as always, there's there's Raptors stuff to get to, and there's NBA stuff to get to. So, um, are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that. Yeah, sorry. Are you ready for yeah, more conversation? Yeah, let's go to the washroom first. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man, you come on a Confederacy of Dunks basketball podcast. Shit gets intense real quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, VC, uh, I feel like it's our our annual, um, you know, uh, Vince Carter temperature take. Uh, it's off season. It's it's perfect timing for Vince Carter because uh, once again, of course, he's not retiring. Um, he's he's been the oldest player in the NBA for I think I don't know like three years already. Um, he doesn't even seem like this is going to be his last year. But uh, I, I, you know, he got asked if he's if he would be interested in in playing with the Raptors, and he, you know, he, he kind of more than insinuated that uh, he'd be down. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I know your your Vince Carter feelings. If you hold a lot of anger towards <laughs> him, or if you love him, or I, I what, have a so. lot of feelings. I Hit have me. a lot of feelings. So first of all, I love that you said annual temperature check because it really is an annual conversation. Vince coming back, like how do we celebrate Vince's legacy? Like it's an annual. Thing. And I think for Vince, like coming out and saying like, yes, he'd like to play for the Raptors. I think that's low key Vince being like, yes, I would just like to play in the league again. And at this point, I will take I will accept the offer that's given to me. Right. So it's kind of like a less sad version of Jeremy Lin being like, I think the league's given up on me. Yes. Yeah. Because I think for which is like we should put pin in that, by the way. But yeah, like I just feel like, you know, the whole, uh, you know, free agency saga is over. Uh, I believe Vince is still unsigned. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. So I just feel like maybe Vince thought he would have been picked up by another team by now. And anything that is about Vince playing in the league, regardless of the team, is good for him at this point. And yes, he's the oldest player in the league right now. I believe if he plays another season, he'll be the longest 
uh, like longest career in the NBA. Really? Yeah, or like very close to that stat. And I'm pretty sure he's trying to chase it. And why wouldn't he? It's a huge part of his legacy at this point to be the longest uh, tenured uh, NBA player of all time. I really believe he's going for that. And so that's why to me it doesn't. It, it doesn't matter to him if he's chasing a ring or if he's just mentoring young guys. It doesn't matter as long as he's in the league, as long as he's active in the league. I think that's all he cares about. Do you know which three players uh, are like technically ahead of Vince? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, is, is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on that list? Um, no, he's high, but okay. Vince just passed him last year. So, oh, okay. um, yeah, Vince is kind of like tied with Dirk and KG, um, oh. uh, having played his, uh, his 21st season. But yeah, if he plays his, uh, 22nd, he will officially pass Kevin Willis and Robert Parrish. Yeah. It was Kevin Willis it was the former Ooh. Raptor. Yeah. Wasn't it? And him? then. Then will he be number one? He'll be number one, yeah. So I think he's played his 20th season and is would be on his 21st. Was he drafted in 99? 98? Yes. Well, I thought it was 98. Wow. Honestly, I don't <laughs> think we'll ever know. <laughs> Pretty sure he played oh, 98. you know what? No, no. He was drafted in 98, and then I think 99 was a shortened season. Okay, check this out. From Wikipedia, Vince Carter announced his intention to play his 22nd season in April 2019. This would make him the NBA player who played for the most seasons. Yes, he's going for it. He's going for gold, baby. This is my point. That's why I think he's like, sure, I'll play for the Raptors. Sure, I'll play for the Phoenix Suns. (laughs) He'll play for anybody. Okay, right so now. what's the what's the juice? So I mean, like, what, like, where are you at as far as like, do you care? You know, do you want that distraction? Do you think he'd be a distraction? Is it good? Um, I don't think it will be a distraction for the players per se. I'm sure the media will make a big thing about it. Uh, I mean, of course they would. Why wouldn't they? Personally, I um, would just like to move on at this point. Yeah. Uh, I'm not like really gunning for Vince to be on the team, especially this year. I feel like last season would have been the season. Totally. To bring Vince along. Like, yeah, we unlocked the curse without him. Bring it back like, out. Like, yes. Kawhi hit that shot against Philly, no less. You know what I mean? Like, we straight up, like, yeah. I think, I, I, you know, we beat the Vince curse. So I think bringing Vince back after, I don't know, seems like we're embracing a new curse. Uh, I agree. <laughs> Not that I believe in curses per se. Yeah, me but either. Just like, yeah, but just I feel like this championship should symbolize that we have truly moved on. We are in a new uh, a tier of teams, teams that have actually won it all. And uh, although we, you know, are not projected to repeat in any way for obvious reasons, I do like the idea that the Raptors are going to have that, like, chip on their shoulder. We have something to prove. You know, we're going to show just how good we are. 
and how much the rest of us had to do with that ring. And mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to that, not just to watch, but as a storyline. Like, I'm really kind of looking forward to us as underdogs and kind of proving people wrong. And yeah. I, I'm not really in the mood for a, a Vince Carter distraction. And and while you were kind of like saying that, it, it, it kind of got me thinking, I think a big part of why I'm I'm super hesitant of any type of, you know, like line of thinking that is about the Raptors being proactive with their, with their three veterans, Gasol, Ibaka and Lowry and trading them at the deadline and all this kind of stuff beyond thinking, you know, the Raptors are good this year. And I think they are good. I feel like I want to see Fred or Norm or OG or Siakam. Like I want to see how they embody the confidence of a larger role and being a champion. Like I'm, I'm excited to see if if any of them take a massive step, um, in any way. And like I think if we start to pick this team apart for assets, then we're really kind of sacrificing all of that development. Um, and it seems to me like, yeah, not what a winning franchise would do. Like even just you know if you think about us retooling, isn't the best way to retool you know to make the most of what we have and value our assets. Um, yeah, I completely agree. And I, you know, making it about Vince again to answer, you know, this whole topic. I love it. You got to make it about is Vince. Just, it's just that, you know, like you said, we have a lot of vets on this team. Yeah. You know, we're not a team that's like looking to add another vet. Like, I just don't even really know how he would really fit in unless we're just trying to get like a few three point shots off the bench maybe. Yeah. But I, I, you know, that's the only like real role I could see Vince playing here. Like I, uh, you know, I feel like a lot of the younger guys like Siakam and OG and Norm Powell, like guys were looking to see have a bigger role. Like you said, I don't know if they really like need Vince taking up, that kind of space on the court, but also off the court also just being like, man, back in like 2001, things are so different in Toronto. You know what I mean? I know. I don't know if they need that. Like, yeah. And like, he doesn't have that much, you know, great playoff experience. Like he's been good in the playoffs. He's won some series. He's definitely, you know, had some massive performances, but he, I'm not, I think maybe he's been to the conference finals once with the Nets. That's right. So, I mean, you know, that was about as much playoff experience as like Lowry before last year. You know what I mean? So we have all these guys who've won a title. We have a guy like Fred who, you know, he got a bit of a cheeky vote um, for finals MVP from Hubie Brown. But Hubie Brown is like crazy. Yeah, it was was lame. And I love Fred, but that was lame. It was a bit lame. But, but, But I feel like, you know, for a guy who bet on himself... I f- every every night before Fred goes to sleep, he just whispers finals MVP to to himself. You know what I mean? Like he's the type of, like he's the type of guy. He's the type of guy that will for sure embody that confidence even if you're like everyone's like buddy, it was Kawhi and it'll be like no no no. It's fine. It was me. I want him to get you know like, I mean? a, like a Hubie Brown chain or something. Like, Hubie, Hubie Brown did. like He made sure Fred is averaging 25 points a game next year like just by doing that. Yeah, um, I mean, maybe that is like a huge blessing in disguise. Yeah, oh, man. I love that. Um, um, 
Okay, let's uh, wait. Wait, do you have any more Vince stuff? Because I want to hit you on. Uh, I want to hit you on on the play empo- player empowerment movement. Oh, I mean, I could go on about Vince forever, but that basically sums it up. No, I don't think he should be on the Raptors next season. Although I will say, I would like to see him in the league next season. Like I'm all for Vince hitting that record. Yeah, he's just got to break that record with the Knicks. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like with anybody. Like I would love to see Vince have that for his for his legacy but it doesn't yeah. need to be with the raptors yeah o- okc or the knicks vince um yeah. yeah it's like the last thing you want is is vince back again and everyone going ah fuck dark times eh, man you know like that's exactly. not <laughs> if you any- remember do you remember when they're like wasn't even you know mention of a eglinton lrt line like that was fuck <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's uh, let's jump to. We actually don't have too much time left, but I feel like we can we can get out some points here. Um, I feel like we're in the same spot with with player empowerment, uh, Catherine. But I don't know. I, I I'm kind of bothered with with how it's framed. It's always framed as you know the the players kind of coming to the table and using their leverage is like oh whoa 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 that's all a bit much now the table's crowded and you know it it, it just seems like there's no honest conversation around the fact that teams and owners and coaches have so much power and you know there was the mark or the so the uh, Pau Gasol trade which made the Lakers an amazing team there was you know the Boston Celtics traded for Ray Allen and Paul Pierce and and you know there's just a long history of of NBA teams making huge trades and assembling these like massive you know you know incredible squads but with players deciding to do that it's like oh whoa whoa now now it's all a bit much Am, am I off? It's for me on a personal level. It's difficult for me to be like pro billionaire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like not that I hate all billionaires per se, although I might. Uh, in terms of the whole like uh, player empowerment, way it's being framed, I agree. It's being framed in a way that's uh, side with the owners, and I feel it's all about control, I guess. And I'm not big on uh sympathizing with uh the billionaires if you will uh i guess what we haven't seen in the past is like you know with Kawhi and the whole paul george trade we haven't seen such a power move like that from a player really so uh i guess that's what makes it shocking and and new to people um one thing i I like about it, if I'm a non-biased Raptors fan for a Mm -hmm. second, is that it did create more parody in the league. And I think think that's that's going to be super exciting. Yeah, I I totally agree. I feel like it's like, you, you know, like, yeah, you've added this new negotiator. And, you know, teams are trying to make super teams. Uh, Players are trying to make super teams. And I think what you're going to have is like all sorts of kind of, yeah, like just different people having different initiatives. And, you know, sometimes you'll you'll get a powerhouse, but Golden State was only a super team after Durant joined. So, sorry, I, I jumped on your point there, but that's totally how I'm feeling. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think, like, a lot of these players, the older generation of guys who, like, stuck around with the team for a really long time and maybe didn't win at all, like like the Utah Jazz, right, with, like, Carl Malone and Stockton and, they they look at 
that and they think that's not the legacy I want. I want this other legacy, you know? And then, so they're not valuing being with a franchise for a very long period of time because they're like, well, I'm still going to be really famous and really rich. Plus I'll have a ring. Plus I'll be, you know, higher up in the greatest of all time conversation because of it. And staying with a franchise holds less value in the greatest of all time conversation than the number of championships you have. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I think that's good. That's, that's basically exactly how I feel. And the count the rings conversation is annoying. And I also feel like, yeah, we should bounce out of this convo before we cut you out again, because that 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 was a nice succinct point. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, I'll say one thing. Just sure. As a fan, I don't. The only thing I don't really like about the player empowerment thing is that I think they sort of underestimate how much fans root for a team, not just a player. And yeah. there's a part of that that I kind of miss. Yeah, and I'll also say the like the the transaction obsession is only increased. Like as far mm-hmm. as like people are like, oh, I don't care about like what's happening on the court. I only care about who might go where. I think that does increase with like, you know, people openly kind of like yeah, like like players recruiting each other as well. Right, and I think a huge part of that has to do. With fantasy leagues growing and stuff like that, which all makes sense. Now, like, gambling is a big part of the sport. I guess it's just not how I personally enjoy the game. Yeah. But it is what it is. Like, I understand it for what it is. We like to watch the games. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we like to watch the games. I'm Michael Rappaport now. Michael um, <laughs> <laughs> Rappaport. Hey, I'm in oh an alley. Oh, my God. We should. We should work on our Rappaport impressions yeah. for uh, your next off-season episode. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's do like some, some, done. Yeah, let's do like <laughs> like I feel like he's so, just the Knicks are killing me. The Knicks are killing me. Guys. He's just trying to channel Red Auerbach. Like, get the ball. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Catherine. Well, thanks so much for being our, our first guest on this this new condenser mic. Yeah, uh, multi-layered system we're we're working yeah. in. Yeah, uh, I mean, we'll try and stitch yeah. it together nicely, like a you know, like an, a Tim Burton film or something. You know, <laughs> a Tim Burton film. Oh, fun. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, but yeah. Before we leave, um, any any, any fun plugs you got? Like, I, I know you were just at JFL with uh. Uh, with me, but um, yeah, yeah, that was what's, fun. What's what, what's going on for you that's coming up? <laughs> I just pictured your Confederacy of Dunks logo with like the Edward Scissor hands, like in the ball. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's our new that's our new niche. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Paul. Yeah, palming the ball with the Edward Scissor hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I have a few things coming up. I'm performing at the Wavelength Music Festival, Whoa. opening up with some comedy there. So cool. that'll be fun. I believe that's August 17th. And uh, yeah, I'll just uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, it's me underscore Catherine. And uh, yeah, fun fun times. Okay, buddy. Well, uh, thanks, and I'm I'm sure we'll uh, we'll talk about Nick Nurse soon. <laughs> Let's do that. Ned. Ned. 
Petrie. Okay, uh, I'm here with uh, Ohio's own son, um, a man from uh, Akron, Ontario. Uh, not LeBron James, obviously, but you know, even if it was LeBron James, I would let LeBron know that Ned Petrie is also from Akron. Uh, he's a pretty funny, great guy who has amazing basketball opinions. Uh, Ned, what's up? How you doing, man? Hey, hey, you know, it should also be noted. So LeBron James was born in Akron, and so was Steph Curry. Were you aware of this? Oh, that's right. I think I did read that. Because well, Del really? Curry was playing for the Cavs oh. uh, at the time of his birth. So they were born at the same hospital in Akron, Ohio. Who knew? The cradle the cradle of great NBA champion MVP legends. That's actually, like, same hospital? Yeah. Well, Akron's not that big. I mean, yeah. I'm to be clear, I'm from Lakewood, Ohio, which is a few hours, I don't know, maybe an hour from there. But yeah, Akron's, you know, it's a bigger city, but it's only a few hundred thousand. So, you know, if you're uh, if you're going to have a baby, you know, Ned. it's probably going to be the same hospital. Ned, yeah. don't yes. show them how the sausage is made. You're from Akron, Ontario. <laughs> you're from um, the tallest building in uh, Akron, Ontario. That's where you That's were right. born in the Absolutely. penthouse. I was, uh, I was. And um, there's like a helipad uh, that you would, I guess, I mean, no, you know, you'd stand on top and look out uh, over mm-hmm. Akron. So that uh, is absolutely correct. Yeah. yeah if, if you're at home and you're thinking about Ned, um, that's how you should think about him, like standing on top of that building. I, I encourage this. <laughs> okay. Let's, uh, let's just, let's jump right to some stuff. Do you want me, do you want me to hit you with uh, Raptor stuff or NBA stuff first? Whatever, whatever you want, man, Where, wherever you want this to go. Oh, this is fun. Um, this is fun. My own show. Um, okay, let's uh, let's just jump right into the MVP conversation. I mean, I sure. feel like it's an ever evolving thing. You know, there's recency bias there, but but you know, a bunch of the major trades have been made, and That's I right. think wherever Chris Paul goes is probably not going to influence the MVP race that much. Mm. So. Um, yeah, who do you think is going to be the MVP uh, next year, and why? So I was thinking about this, uh, and I, I'm, I'm guessing I didn't look it up or anything, but I'm guessing that if you were one was looking at Vegas odds, <laughs> <laughs> if one was looking at Las Vegas odds or something, it'd probably be, you know, the same candidates there have been the last few years. But that's boring to me, man. If I'm placing a bet. I, I want a I want a dark horse here. You know what I mean. I okay. want something completely off the wall. Oh, I'm into um, this. T.J. Warren. We, <laughs> well, you know, I I think we might get a new MVP for a couple reasons. I was thinking of okay. this because you you were right. You're talking all those trades. We have a lot of big twos. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And that's tough. You know, if they're if everybody plays as well as they're capable, they might be, you know, splitting votes with one another. Right. There's uh, load management, obviously, which could be a factor. If even if Kawhi Leonard keeps playing at this high level, would they mm-hmm. would they give him an MVP if he only played 60 games? You know, something right. like that. Um, and then, uh, and then, of course, you know the 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 factor of just boredom and 
fatigue. You know, who wants to keep voting for these same people every year? You know, you got you got to bring something different, something new. Oh, I'm I'm, li- I'm liking the build up to your choice. This is good. <laughs> no, and it, it's true though. You know what I mean? Like, you, the, there mm. needs to be a narrative. So that that's how I'm thinking about it. Oh, the narrative is is what it's all about. Yeah. I mean, if you you remember, we're about the same age when they would, they would be giving a. They gave MVPs to like Charles Barkley and Carl Malone, who were great all-time players. But the main reason that they won was just because Jordan. You know, they didn't want to keep giving it. Yeah, just Jordan fatigue here. So I'm I'm guessing you know some people think oh well it might be LeBron or somebody who pulls it around, but I don't know. I think some voters might might uh, might be thinking well. You know, you got to give me a career year, something fun. So here's my dark horse candidate. Here we go, Damian Lillard. Whoa! And here's why. No, that yeah, okay, yeah. Hit me with the why. <laughs> uh, a, because he's awesome. You know. Yeah. First and foremost, here, and B, because it looks like expectations are low for these Trailblazers. I was reading something, and they play the place the Trailblazers like eleventh or twelfth in the yeah. West. I mean, I think people are pretty high on the on the LA teams, mm-hmm. and and you know. Speaking of recency bias, you know, but Portland gets swept by New Orleans and Mm. it's like, hey, let's blow this team up. Portland has like a pretty fantastic playoffs, does get swept by G-State. But also, Mm -hmm. I mean, I was watching those games, a lot of close Mm -hmm. games, lots of huge, huge Golden State games. And I think it was a bit of a new team. It was hard. It was hard for Portland to adjust without Durant. And I know that seems kind of like counterintuitive, but when a team doesn't have like a huge, huge player like Durant um, and they, that they obviously rely on, it's kind of like new data. So mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to figure out. And I feel like the the trailblazers, especially with the Nurkic injury, had a banner year. So mm-hmm. anyone underestimating them, I think it, it's silly, really. I was seeing some that was projecting them for like 38 wins or 40 wins or something, which That's might insane. happen. Who knows? No, no way. But, I I mean, all they got to do is, uh, you know, if they hit 50 wins, you know, then who knows? Maybe the voters are looking at it and thinking, hey, you know, let's let's toss one Dames away. We like him. So that could be a possibility. I also think in, like in the West, because of load management and stuff like that, they might 50 wins might get you, you know, one of those top four spots. It's altogether possible. Uh, who knows? It's possible that that some of these uh, uh, teams won't push it, you know, because they're they're on this sort of, uh, you know, following the Raptors' lead, taking this, you know, uh, um, you know, focusing more on the playoffs kind of thing. That you know, a team a team might overachieve their way into one of those top four spots. Okay, so, I have a I have, I have a fun pick for you. Sure. Um, my, my my two I have an I have an actual boring pick. And then I yes. have two fun picks. So mm-hmm. fun pick, fun pick number one is, um, is basically just solely narrative. And I think it would be fun to watch, but ultimately in the end probably will be a bit like, ah, really? Um, and that's Steph Curry. Cause I think, mm-hmm. you know, even though Russell's there, it's, it's his team. And this is such a like prove it year. Ultimately, I think he'll get nicked up enough to miss enough games and not be able to play as efficiently. Like he's going to have a lot of stress and pressure on him mm-hmm. um, just as far like night, just as far as like night in, night out. But I think 
there, there, I think he does have the opportunity to be like, oh yeah, I can do what Harden does. If you guys right. want to watch, if you guys want to watch it, watch me score 35 points a game, I can do that. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think in the more likely group of MVPs are the, are the Stephs and LeBrons where there is that, uh, there's that potential of a change narrative if they play in a slightly different way that might exactly viewer uh, voters might find refreshing enough. And I think to go for it. I think that's also true. This isn't my other fun pick, but that's also true for Anthony Davis. I feel like he's going to be mm. on, a, on on a good team, in my opinion, um, and playing with a player like no offense to you know Drew, but. LeBron is absolutely different category of player. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think AD, you know, people haven't seen him on like a potential home court team and they're going to be like just wowed by his stats. Um, Mm -hmm. But my other fun pick is uh, Jokic. I think that Denver is like team continuity this year. And Mm -hmm. I think that's going to really benefit them. And I wouldn't even mildly be surprised if they're first in the West by like a significant margin. Like when I look at the Western conference teams, uh, and think about who might approach 60 wins. For me, it's it's Utah and Denver, and no one else really. I think some some other teams, if they have a Not lot, the I mean, Rockets. You don't think? Yeah, the Rockets. It's funny you say the Rockets. I think they're the only other team that. But I, you know, I think there'll be enough figuring out of Westbrook and Harden that mm. that could put them in like the 54, 55 range. Right. But. But yeah, the the Rockets are my other team. Like I I don't think the LA teams. I think there'll be too much resting and all that kind of stuff, and and you know maybe unlock and maybe chemistry or whatever. And you know it will be a different story come the playoffs. But anyways, yeah. So my boring pick, and I, I feel like I don't even need to explain why, but it is a repeat of of yeah. Giannis. Right. Uh, I I just think he's gonna barrel through the East and. Um, you know, there's going to be all these question marks around like, oh, well, this person has uh, help or whatever. And he's going to have Middleton again. And mm-hmm. and I think he's going to have insane numbers. And I also expect him to improve, uh, which is pretty scary. So that's yeah. That's, the, that's the only reason why I would, I would think not Giannis, Giannis is just because of, you know, that he that he won last year. I think out of the East, I feel like the Sixers might put together the the, you know, the uh, top one loss record right uh, which might put Embiid in the in the discussion it just depends on whether he plays you know full season it's the year of um, the big man mvp it's going to be like a Jokic and Embiid Davis oh god and, i mean by the way you know, you're you're idea of Jokic there. there if if denver is the top seed i mean that that would be real cool uh you know Wouldn't to it? get a well you know to get a big goofball have a big goofball oh, win, you know awesome. what i mean yeah, well, I we mean, yeah, Joe. But he's got picture. a bit of a, he's got a bit of a pudgy, you know, a bit of a bit of a belly there, you know, a little awkward kind of guy. Everyone can relate to that. He's awesome. Um, yeah. So those those are all fun pits. The and you also mentioned the Jazz. I was thinking another potential dark horse would be if um, if Donovan Mitchell improves and they have one of the top records. There might be discussion huh. there. Yeah, I was, I was thinking, you know, like slightly go bare um, if they have like an, an incredible record. But I think there's that that team is really well balanced because Conley, you know, there's an outside chance he's the best player on the team next year. I'm going to hit you with a Raptors question. Yes. Um, what or sorry, what? Uh, who uh, mm-hmm. is your all time least favorite Raptor? Right. Um well, you know, there there's some candidates here. I think some people would be, you know, inclined toward 
you know, the, those handful of guys who just dogged it or, or refused to show up or uh-huh. uh, what have you. Um, my pick for my least favorite is a guy that's really not that bad of a player, but, you know, a guy that's, you know, was uh, boring in context and in retrospect, uh, it annoys me that uh, he was ever around. And that's okay. Andre Bargnani. Yep, that is a very, very solid pick for, like, worse Raptor. Because, I mean, we all were at least a little bit invested in him. And boy, oh boy, was it disappointing. Yeah, like, I just, in retrospect, I can't figure out what went into that decision. Now, to be clear, you know, he was, like, a 15-whatever, 16-point-per-game career guy. Had a couple of decent years. But when you figure what was on the table when you have a number one pick... And you go with this guy, and you wonder what what did they see in him as a as a ceiling? Because I remember when they said they were going for him, and thinking like, oh, interesting. Now, granted, that draft was not totally loaded. It's not like he was picked over Kevin Durant or something. Yeah, I think it was Brandon Roy and Aldridge. Brandon Roy and Lamarcus Aldridge, who both ended up with the Trailblazers, uh, were on the board, and you just wonder. You just wonder what into that. Was it was was everyone just so hot on Dirk that they thought yeah. any seven foot European guy who could shoot decently could turn into Dirk? Well, that that was that was BC's whole thing. He was like he was popping his uh you know his extended European collar, mm-hmm. like he was basically being like I'm gonna bring you some Jose, gonna gonna a little dash of Anthony Parker, mm-hmm. Garbajosa. You better believe it. First overall pick. This guy from Italy? Sure. Right. Like, there was so much of that, and there was some magic in that first year. I remember before, you know, the Raptors actually had good teams. Mm-hmm. We had a 47-win we had a, we had a year, and it, like, matched, like, a Vince year or something. We were like, you know, the, I think Bargnani's first year was, was uh Yeah, I think they made the playoffs his first yeah. two years, I think. Not that he was a key contributor in the playoffs, but there was some, you know, they, it did feel like, okay, this, this could go somewhere because they're young and everything. But the, the thing that has frustrated me in retrospect about Bargnani is that the novelty, the feeling was, oh, he's seven feet tall and he, and he can shoot with some range. Um, Chris Bosh was on that team, right? Chris Bosh yes. turned into a three-point shooter. He did. Before his career was over. I was looking it up just for reference here. Uh, Bargnani's best season in terms of three-pointers per game was three and a half, which is lower than Chris Bosch's best year Yeah, as a three-point shooter. So if they didn't go with Aldridge because they thought, well, we already have Chris Bosch, it's like, well, you could have turned Chris Bosch into Bargnani. And I feel like that's where... That's where, like, the, the Dwayne Casey hire, you know, really ends up being something that was, like, um, you know, it was good long-term, but, mm-hmm. like, he, he needed to have, you know, we needed to have a different culture established for Bargnani to enter. I always think about what he might have been like had he entered, like, a you know, a Utah or a San Antonio mm-hmm. where, you know, maybe, maybe he gets bounced from the league, but I think that, he's nurtured in a way that like, you know, he's, he's a more valuable player. Like, like maybe he's, maybe he's never as good as like Lowry Markkinen might be, but I think that he would have fit better had he come into the league a little bit later and not, you know, there's so many things with the first overall pick and right. There are a lot of guys like that, that, um, 
you know, end up their their career would be considered better depend if they had just been drafted lower. Oh, Anthony Bennett you know. is one of my big ones. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, that that he's considered, you know, the least productive number one pick ever and because he was drafted ahead of Giannis, but you know, gosh, if he was a low first rounder, who would who would remember anything? Like he'd be right at the right where he was. Right yeah, where he'd he be is. like he'd be like Dwight Powell of the uh, Mavericks. You know what I mean? Be like, right. Oh, this guy's all right. Um, okay, so I'm gonna hit you with my least favorite Raptor of all time. Sure. Go um, for it. Yeah, I, I I like you. Was like okay, you know. I don't know if you were thinking this is your line of thought, but I was kind of like, okay, Turkaloo, you know, mm-hmm. uh, people who just like rejected being a Raptor at all. The, but the Raptors have a, a lot of those guys. There's a lot people of those that guys. didn't show up or people that dogged it until they were out of town, you know, and those guys are easy to put as your, as your worst player. Yeah. So, so I, I kind of like, I, I, I went deep into my own psyche. I was like, what bothers me? And, <laughs> It's like me first guys who are chuckers and you're mm-hmm. kind of just like the, the offense becomes like a standstill and like, that's kind of like what they have. And mm-hmm. it's not Mike James. Um, mm-hmm. Cause to me, that was like a guy that's trying to get paid for mm-hmm. me. It's actually Lou Williams. So oh, really? Yeah. Because I feel like it's weird that he's like, I feel like, the reason I wanted to say Lou Williams is because I understand he's had such a, you know, like a really good last couple years. Mm-hmm. And it was so incredible for the Clippers last year. But I feel like the way he integrated or, you know, integrated himself and was integrated by Dwayne Casey, you know, with, with for a while, was it Jose and uh, Kyle or just Kyle? Or no, sorry, maybe, sorry, it was Kyle and Damar. And mm-hmm. just the way he hijacked our kind of like system and had like, you know, four to five really exciting kind of like buzzer beaters. Mm-hmm. And that just gave him like total autonomy forever. It was just so frustrating to me that I feel like I held a, I held a legit grudge. So even this it's- year when, when he bashed like, you know, living in Canada, I was like, you, you bastard. <laughs> You know what I mean? That was so dumb when he when he was it saying was. that. Yeah. I mean, because oh, it was the dumbest stuff. Accounts. Oh, I need to have different uh, cash. I need a cell phone here. It's like, hey, buddy, you that can be worked out, okay? Yeah, yeah. I, I moved to Canada from the States and figured it out in a, in a couple of weeks. No, I Ned, you you're still freaking out. You don't know what to do. <laughs> and the, you're still uh, on top of that building in Akron. That, that is a good um, pick, that Lou Williams, because when he won uh, like a good pick for you know, most least liked uh, a Raptor in your, in your mind. Um, Cause yeah, th- that year, cause didn't he win six man of the year? He won six man. And then he, he proceeded to just lay an absolute egg in the Washington <laughs> series along with a lot of the other guys, but like he was just chucking garbage shots and he had a really, really year, bad series in the, in the NBA finals that year. Um, that was the year I think, Iguodala won finals MVP as a sixth man and Tristan Thompson became like the second most important Cavalier in the finals as a sixth man. Like wow, originally weird year. Lou Williams is not a low usage guy. He, I think he, some people view him not a as a guy, shooter. Like, you know what I mean? I think a lot of uh, writers like him because he has that sort of mentality that he's like a, 
like a closer, you know, like a guy that's that'll for sure. He's can, a shot maker. You. And He's a total uh, shot maker, and he really improved his passing. But like, I mean, people really respect oh. those guys, guys that are you know killers. But yeah, is he a guy that can fit with those guys? Um, if he has to lower his production, you make a very good point. I don't know. I think you're right. People are projecting his last two seasons onto next year, but how's that yeah, going to work? I mean, you know, he was, he was good with that really bad Lakers team and he was bad with that really good Houston team. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, Ned, thank you so much. Um, do you, do you have anything coming up? You feel like plugging? Um, look out for a kid's cartoon called monster pack, which is going to be on YTV next year. <laughs> I'm, I appear awesome. on that. Uh, otherwise cool. look me up on social media or whatever. Awesome. Right. Well, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll plug you for sure. Beautiful. Anthony Hall. Sweet. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm here with a hilarious uh, dude. He's a sketch comedian. Um, he has a, uh, a, an amazing uh, show that's uh, out, and you got to check it out, and we'll plug that uh, at the end of the conversation. Um, he's also a softball player. Uh, he's a cool dude. Uh, give it up for Anthony Hall. How you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, anytime, man. Thanks for being part of this, like this gauntlet, uh, trial and error <laughs> first episode. Hey, you know, um, you got to battle through adversity, you know, Get we do, shit. you know, we, we got to battle. Like I'm injured, you know, <laughs> we lost Kawhi. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. We're having to do it from a remote location. Like we ain't going down like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sorry. That's right. So can you tell me uh, a little bit about how you sustained your injury? Was it in the comedy records, uh, softball or basketball game at uh, JFL? Oh, oh yes, it was. Um, uh, basically I was the big man on the court for that, for the, for the two minutes before I got injured. Oh no. <laughs> and there was a big Brazilian guy. He was pretty strong, throwing his weight around a little bit, but nothing, nothing like too aggressive. And I remember looking at Gary right uh, and, and just saying like, yeah, I'll, I'll grab this guy. And, and he put up a shot. Uh, I kind of bothered it a little bit and then, it, you know, hit the rim and then bounced towards the three point line and he chased it out. So I kind of like, you know, loosely followed him like two steps, but he grabs the ball and just like turns right back and comes right at me. And I kind of thought I would get in front of him and then maybe he'd start to post me up. Right. But he just went right through me, and basically, <laughs> like my leg snapped. It sucked. It was, oh my goodness! Yeah, there was like a snap. Basically, I was a bit out of position, and then yeah, as soon as he hit me, I felt that it was just like click, click, back of my knee. Oh no! Yeah, torn LCL is the Ooh. verdict, which which really is not that bad. It's like I mean, you know, I'm hearing six six weeks roughly for recovery time, no okay, surgery, okay, yeah. no crutches. So yeah, yeah. Anyone who's had an ACL or MCL or meniscus, I think you know, is telling me that this is really not that bad. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it's no Achilles. It's no navicular fracture. You're not going to be sitting out the next uh, entire season or anything like that. No Wait, what's, no. what's a navicular one again? That's like, uh, it's like a foot. Um, it's a, a, a bone in your foot. It's what a uh, bull bull broke. Oh, uh, right. In his, like, uh, I think it was like his third game in Oregon and he had to like sit out the rest of the, uh, college season. Oh man, that's right. And for like big men, it's like a very important muscle, I think, in in your foot, especially if you're like a huge guy, like throwing your weight around. So right, sometimes you never really fully recover from it. I think Yao Ming also had a navicular fracture as well. That's oh, okay. So is 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 that like at all associated with the Jones fracture? I don't know. 
Because the Jones be. fracture is like a big man thing too that I remember mm-hmm. Durant had and he came back from. But yeah. yeah, Yao Ming apparently had the Jones fracture too. So I'm wondering if it's the same thing with two different names. It or could be. It could be. Yeah. Um, well, anyways, um, fractures aside. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with. Uh, well, uh, how do you want to start this? You want to do Raptors first, or you want? Yeah, do yeah. Of course. Let's let's talk about the. The defending champions. Oh, I love it. I love this it. This is yes, yeah, we are what a time to be alive, man. Um this is the best time. We're 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 Raptors fans, we won the damn championship. Yes. And we're the defending champions until we're not. Yes. <laughs> so um, that might be sooner rather than later, unfortunately. But honestly, you know, I'll, uh, we'll see how she goes. It's literally nine months away unless we somehow miss the playoffs in like true hyper embarrassing fashion. Yes. Um which we are Raptors fans, so maybe I don't know. But uh, okay, so uh, we got a, a bunch of new guys. Uh, Kawhi's yes. gone. Danny's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some kind of regular vets. Uh, I don't think anyone expects Masai to make any trades before you know. You know, at least a little bit into the season when we can start to assess what's what and and when people right. start to inquire about our guys. Mm-hmm. So assuming we kind of have the roster we have now. Um, Who's going to crack the rotation? And the, the regular rotation is going to be bigger, right? We had the eight-man rotation in the playoffs. Right. Um, and sometimes seven. Uh, and it actually, I mean, you know, I guess Philly, Fred, and Norm got cut from the rotation even. So it was only six guys, really. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the regular season, especially with Nurse and all the experimentation, I think we can expect nine, ten, maybe even eleven. Yeah. But let's let's go for nine, ten. And, and oh, okay. we'll start there. So... Do you, do you want me to list off who I think is like obviously in there? Um, well, I guess like we can let's let's go with like pro- projected starting five. Like in my mind, it's like Kyle Lowry, point guard, Norm, shooting guard, yeah, OG, small forward, yeah. Pascal, power forward, and Mark, center, and yeah, then totally agree. Fred and McCaw and Ibaka in like those six, seven, eight spots. Hmm. Um, okay, we're we're already in interesting territory with the macaw. Yeah, because like so, I think okay, it's I think it's for sure the seven, right? We mm-hmm. you know you have Fred and Ibaka, but then I think like yeah, does macaw immediately get the benefit of the doubt over Stanley Johnson or Ronnie Hollis Jefferson? Um, I mean that's tough because like the way I look at it is like macaw is like a pretty good defender, but he doesn't necessarily have the shot and we do need somebody who is going to come off the bench that can help space the floor because right now like the starting five like it's not looking great for floor spacing guys and guys who can make the three yeah our shooting in general could be in a bit of dicey territory because yeah you know Gasol can shoot the three, but it's a you know it's 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 the center shooting the three. It's like yeah. he's, not, he's not Lopez out there unless hey maybe Nurse is like your Lopez this year. But um, <laughs> it makes me nervous whenever like he does his like very slow setup and like I know he kind of like cranks it back and then goes and I'm like oh my god don't when do he, it. When he, one of my favorite highlights is when he went like full Fred Flintstone twinkle toes for like I want to say five full seconds before hitting the three. Oh yeah, in the um, playoffs. Yeah, and yeah. He, you know, he finished with our best three-point percentage in the playoffs. Oh, like, by a yeah. significant margin. Like, he, of course, he made of some course big, he did. big shots, which is which was like very, very surprising. Well, it's not maybe it was surprising to me because I was like, 
it, during the run, I was like, oh my god, it's like stop Mark from shooting. But then when he, when he did like you know pull up, I, he really made it count. And I, and at that point, I was like, okay, fine. If he is shooting, he like he knows that like he is going to be the best option at that given moment for that given play. So like I trust him completely. Yeah. Um, I know I, I, I 100% agree. Um, so wait, okay. So let's say, okay. So like, are we agreeing on the, on the, it's going to be the swing man, right? The, those are the guys fighting for position because with Fred backing up Kyle, I mean, you know, maybe there's some argument for, uh, for Matt Thomas backing up, like, um, backing up Norm because like you were saying, shooting is a major thing and this yeah. guy labeled as the best shooter, not in the NBA. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm like pretty low key excited about him just because like uh, I have this like soft spot for like white guys who just shoot like that's like yeah that's like all they do like the I, Jason I kinda, I love those guys yeah well of course <laughs> Raptors great oh, Jason Capone um what about Boucher um hmm. you know is he like are, are we too crowded at like if 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 Ibaka and Gasol are sharing the center spot. And, you know, you got Pascal as the nominal four. Um, there's room there, right? For, for yeah. a power four? That's like, it's, it's weird because like the, the four is a position that I think there is like a bit of a log jam there in, in terms of like natural fits. Like, like Pascal is obviously the guy there, but like, I think OG is probably more suited to play the four. Boucher is for the, like more suited for the four. Rondé Hollis Jefferson is more suited to play the four, like, but then somebody has to play small and they don't really have like a small forward who has the experience or consistency to be there. So like, yeah, you, like I, I don't know how that's all going to shake down. Yeah, no, I think it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. I think it's going to be a fun battle. Nurse definitely has like a fun team that mm-hmm. has a lot of talent, a lot of defensive upside. Um, and, and yeah, he's, he's, he's an offensive whiz, right? So he's going to have to figure that out. Yeah. I'm also like cautiously optimistic about our guard G league, the uh, signing guy, the guy from summer league, Terrence Davis. Yeah. I mean, he seems pretty good. I, I just imagine him and him and, uh, doing Hernandez are going to get a healthy dose of nine Oh five, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, maybe he's so good. He pushes his way, you know, if he can play any two, right. I mean, Lowry can play the two, so yeah oh it's just it's it's so tough like i i'm I'm trying to like think like if the best course of action is to roll out like kyle and fred together it might be if if fred's that much better um than norm uh you know at this point in his career and 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 his shooting is that good. Like Fred is a ridiculous shooter. So if we just yeah. get, need a shooter on the floor, like let, let's say OG and Norm have down three point shooting years. Um, you yeah. know, both of them don't have like a long history of being good three point shooters. Like you might not be able to play them on the floor at the same time. Yeah, exactly. And then you would, or, you, you know, know what if Pascal's bad this year, right? Right. Yeah. If he takes a step three. back. Yeah. Cause yeah. Then, then like you'd have to go like, let's say OG is in the starting five and then Norm relieves him. But then like when Norm is on the floor, then like everybody's smaller. Right. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's tough to kind of dictate who should be where, especially. Yeah. If the big question of shooting comes into it, like if those guys can't figure it out, like it's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting. Should be fun to watch. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's jump over to the NBA for a sec. Um, oh, yes. 
This is, again, this is just a straight up summer question. I'll probably ask again before the season starts. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, is anyone kind of like bubbling in your head when I mention uh, breakout player? Um, well, or should, should we define that first? Like, um, okay, sure. I, I want to hear what your definition of breakout player would be. Do you think it's like a person who is going to take a big enough step that they're going to be uh, a candidate for most improved player? Or do you think it's just somebody who's going to be elevated to the point where like they really like help their team and contribute? See, yeah, I think, yeah, I think both of those things are both like you qualify. Sometimes you're Oladipo and you're like, you're a high draft pick and you're so good. You become an all-star. You know, sometimes you're Siakam too, who's a bench guy who basically like, like jumps like 80 spots in the, like, in the, in the player power ranking. But Mm -hmm. I, I think to what you're saying, it's almost like there's two different types of players. There's some players who are known quantities, but it's like, oh shit. They're amazing. And then sometimes there's a player that's like a, a total unknown or a virtual unknown mm-hmm. that becomes like, you know, they're, yeah, l- l- okay, let's let's pick two different categories. Let's okay, say the person sure. who has the Twitter follower jump and then the person who has the like cred jump. Okay. Like, Is that I, fair? <laughs> sure, sure. That, that like, might be a, a little bit, they might kind of blend into each other a little bit, but I think like the two guys who are going to um, – sort of like blow up in terms of I think like following and popularity um, are going to be Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball like in New Orleans I think those two guys with Zion like I think if free of LeBron yeah free of LeBron like they're playing on this like young dynamic team like Lonzo doesn't have to worry about like his dad or like the pressures of being like the next great LA point guard because of what Magic Johnson put on him and he's like kind of gets to like play how he wants and and then he has all these weapons right like it, it'd be it's just gonna be amazing to watch him and he's got such incredible vision and he, that like him playing like tra- like on transition is gonna be like crazy his like transition transitional offense is going to be insane to watch. Well, I like that. I like that. Um, so I, I actually think uh, okay. I'm not even going to go down this road this road because I don't want to like just turn myself into a joke immediately. <laughs> but I did seriously think about Wiggins for this because oh boy, <laughs> I feel like he is such a like like you know especially since he signed that big contract i think everyone's like this guy is empty calories he's da 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 but you know he's a guy that can get buckets and i feel like minnesota their only way to get respect and to be good is to make this guy better and i feel like they're going to be doing their damnedest to just turn him into less of a joke. And I think that, I, I think if he's decent or if people stop being like, Oh yeah, he's like, he's like, you know, empty calories. I think maybe that could be a big enough turn in his career, but my actual pick, cause I was trying to think about like role and an opportunity is Malcolm Brogdon. Because oh, I, yeah. Nice. Well, I've, I've heard Oladipo is not going to start like really being integrated into the team until around January. Right. So I feel like it's like Indiana for a couple months is going to be like the Brogdon show. And he's, he's been this really good analytical guy that's been next to Giannis and, you know, maybe he can't burden or maybe he can't handle that, that large of a role, but mm-hmm. I feel like he kind of can. Um, so that's, that's my pick is Malcolm Brogdon. And I think like what we're really going to notice 
um, the hole that he leaves in Milwaukee. Oh, 100%, especially since it's being replaced by George Hill. Yeah. No, no offense to George Hill. I think he's like, it was, he was actually really good against us in the playoffs. But oh, yeah. I don't think that, yeah, I think, I think when someone is just always being kind of quietly perfect, mm. um, you really underestimate them. And, and, and it, I, I, you know, similarly, I think Al Horford's a guy like that. Like, I feel like, um, you know, when, when you, when you don't have a guy like Al, Al Horford, like it's going to be a bigger impact than you realize. Like, I think, you know, you take him away from your team and like expect to drop like eight wins. Yeah, totally. Um, like he's like Al Horford is somebody who facilitates the ball so well and actually plays defense pretty consistently well. As oh man, also. he's amazing. Yeah, especially yeah. at at, the, at this current age. Yeah. Um, my legit pick, I think, uh, for breakout player, like, um, like straight up cred. Like, let's forget about Instagram followers. Let's mm-hmm. forget about that. Is Jaron Jackson, Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean, he should like he, you know, they're they're like uh, Memphis is having like a rebuilding year full on. Yeah. So I mean, they're gonna want to see what that guy can do. So I think yeah. that's a pretty good pick. And they just took John Morant, who is like he's an elite distributor. He's like mm. this guy who he tries like so hard to get like these perfect like flashy passes into uh, all of his. Like guys who's playing on the floor with, I mean, almost to a fault because he's like a bit of a turnover machine. But like, if he finds Jaron Jackson Jr., like this guy's 19, like he's, like he's gonna get better, stronger, faster. And now that Marcus All is not in Memphis, like it's, it's kind of like his um, front court to run, you know? Yeah, no, I think it's a pretty good pick too. Um, one other guy, I, and I, I, I feel like maybe this is the answer in like two years but i had deandre ayton in fantasy Mm. and his numbers are insane i just think phoenix sucks so bad and he doesn't play defense that he just won't get any respect if he's on like a 20 some on win team yeah but i could see you know i could see people kind of just being like i get that this guy's on a bad team but you know he's really really just dominating on offense um, that's true. Yeah, yeah his, maybe his defense is a, is a little suspect. I think like there's. Yeah. Oh, for I watched sure. like a big video about how he like. It, it seems like he likes not trying. Not maybe trying is not the right word, but his like his positioning is pretty bad, and he doesn't have great instincts. Uh, yeah, and, like, he's almost like a even worse than Towns. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's it, it's funny because like I think like uh so sorry to interrupt, but like it's funny you say like not necessarily trying. Um, who's the uh, oh god, who's the coach of Minnesota? Uh, Saunders, yeah, uh, Saunders Jr. And um, he was kind of saying it's like it's not exactly not trying because if you think about where these guys are in the league, it's like I'm so sure they don't try ridiculously hard all the time, but it's it's like it's a certain type of like kind of like intuitiveness and. And it's a, it's a mental training defensively, especially when you're big. Right. <clears throat> which which is why you see a guy like Gasol, who's just slow as all hell, who's is constantly in the right position. Like it's it's like these fast guys they turn and all of a sudden Gasol's there and they're like shit. Yeah, and that that's like an uh, an IQ thing and like these like intangibles that you know like all these like random sports media people talk about when they like don't exactly know like what the exact thing that's holding back a player is it's just like yeah like it's his iq or like how he <laughs> sees the floor and and like these are things that you know like 
it takes time to figure out and and you know there are definitely so many factors that go into a player's development and and like it, yeah I'm, I'm fascinated to see who is going to make the jump and especially in this upcoming season of the nba where like the landscape for all teams is just like it's really changed like with now it's like a, a duos league instead of a super team league so oh that's it's awesome. so exciting it's gonna be a fun year. Yeah. Um, well, okay. Well, on that note, uh, I feel like we we sh- we shouldn't test this setup any longer. Oh man. Because um, yeah. uh, because this victory though on this one, I gotta say. Let's let's wait a sec. <laughs> We're gonna hang up, and you're gonna be like, Anthony never existed. Yeah, I know. You were talking to yourself Fight Club style. It's a, it's a Tyler Durst scenario. Um, okay, but dude, uh, you, you have so much going on. Um, can, can, I, can I just open the floor to you for a sec and just, just plug yeah, away? I feel like you're, you're rocking it right now. Sure, yeah. It's been uh, a really awesome uh, summer for me. And uh, right now, my show, Ming's Dynasty, is uh, streaming on CBC Gem. You can watch all six episodes for free uh, on the app or on the website. Uh, the show is basically just about... Two shitty Toronto rappers have to go back to small town Alberta and run a family restaurant. And Hell yeah. Yeah, and I, I got to create it with some of my best friends and work with a really excellent team here in Toronto and out in Alberta when we shot it in December. And yeah, I'm I'm just really hoping people get to watch it and and laugh and and have a good time and relate to the story. And aside from that, you can just uh, catch me doing shows in Toronto at the Bad Dog Comedy Theater at Comedy Bar um wherever you know and yeah you can also i guess uh see me at the softball field wherever we end up playing our our games for yeah the the new field every week no yeah. worries <laughs> um but yeah I, check out the show you know i mean like i don't know what's good for algorithms like positive comments or, or, or just just watch the show and share it with everyone yeah you know. yeah watch it and and share it there's uh yeah <clears throat> no uh the uh, interaction is bad interaction, I guess. Like, if, okay, if, people cool. are, if people are talking about the show, that's that's all we want. And uh, yeah, fair it's, enough. But yeah, if if you listen to the pod and then troll the show, I'm gonna be upset with you. Oh I'll yeah, t- I'll say that. <laughs> Me personally, you don't have to be. I'll be the tough. Like for now, but like if you know, if you listen to this pod on a regular basis and you decide. You know, to be mean, I'll, I'll, you'll, you'll hear from me. I'll limp over <laughs> to you, and I'll be pissed when I get there. Oh yeah, thank you, thank um, you. Cool, dude. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Thanks for chatting with me, and um, talk soon. Hello. Of course, yeah. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's been a, it's been a pleasure. Anyway, Go raps. It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast.